This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash yanks. Today is January 7th. This is our 50th episode of Talking Yanks, and we got a special guest joining us to celebrate the occasion. Let's talk Yanks. I have an interesting fellow coming on after the break. His name is Jimmy James John Boy, whatever. Well, this guy went from like 300 followers to like 2,300 followers. All right. What's up, everyone? You got me, John Boy, coming to you from California. We got my co-host, Jake, coming from Denver, and we got special guest today, Joe's McFly, super fan, the Yankees. What's up? What's up? We have an actual New Yorker on the podcast. That's good. Yeah. Three different time zones in here. <laughs> Three different time zones, yeah. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just cold. It's cold as hell. I know I can't really complain because it's, you know, this guy's in a cold, cold, cold area. So I can't really complain with that. But it's I got a space heater right here next to me. It's just it's crazy. It's a brisk sixty degrees in California right now. Uh, oh man. <laughs> uh. If you don't know who uh Joe is, he uh you kind of shot up on Twitter, same timeline as me. We've kind of been growing together, which is fun, because last year was so much fun. And the most famous is Absolutely. the Devers reaction, Chapman blown save, devastating night, but blessing in disguise for you, because that was pretty pretty big time. Sports Center, FS1. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was. It was It was crazy. Um, my phone was blowing up like never before. My battery was just running out and i'm just like this is not a good thing that happened in the moment and then after that it's like okay well you know what fine i'll take i'll fall on the sword so that the yankee season could turn around so that's how i guess that's how i felt started to feel yeah there you go i'll take uh one devastating loss for the rest of the season we had plus you got to meet devers you got to your own special on fs1 worked out pretty well yeah that was that was pretty cool. that was real that, that was that was surreal actually that was really crazy. I, I couldn't even imagine that. Cameras following you around and stuff. That's that's pretty crazy. Do you get love in the streets? The, the first thing that hopped in my mind, like, I don't know, you're out. Some girl's like, hey, are you that guy? And you are that guy. Yeah, like, um, you know, at the stadium or by the bars, like, people be like, hey, are you are you the the, the, the Devers Reaction guy? Are you that? Bro, you're, uh, I'm on your YouTube channel and all of that stuff. And it's like... Yeah, man, I love what you do. Keep going. And, you know, it's pretty cool when people recognize you and then they say, they say what's up or they want to take a picture or whatever it is. That's, I think, the craziest thing to me. Like, you get to the stadium and it's like, I don't know, I'm just there to have fun, man. I'm just like a regular fan. That's how I look at it. But, you know, everybody's like, oh, you that guy, right? Like, right. Is, that what, is that what it is? Just don't do Devers home run. What happened? Is it the Devers guy? Like, are you the Devers home run guy or Chapman blown save guy? What's the most commonly used term? If they don't know your actual Twitter handle, they just recognize the face. No, you know, now they actually say, are you that Yankee reaction guy? Because I done like, I had other ones that went viral too, like during the playoffs, which is big. And uh, oh man, you were at the games and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you had the Chapman game, you know, whatever it is, but it just, it kind of, kind of morphed into that a little bit. So then that, that was pretty cool getting out of that bad light. Cause people thought I was a jinx. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was doing this all <laughs> yeah. year. The Jinx people are terrible. If, if Gary Sanchez, I'm like, ooh, Gary looks good today. I think he might hit a home run. They're like, don't jinx it, bro. Like, I'm bro. not. I'm talking about it. I'm just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense sometimes with the nah. Jinx. But, nah. I mean, whatever. 
Oh, I don't know if you guys know. Today's supposed to be National Bobblehead Day. Is it? So we got this guy. Yeah, supposedly, supposedly. I got this guy here, nice. right? Sanchez. And then this guy, which I'm sure a lot of people love. Wow. Yes. Yes. How, how much did that cost? $300? Come on, man. Wave the no trade. Wave, wave the no trade, bro. Wave the For no people trade. just listening, the second one was Jacoby Ellsbury. Most expensive bobblehead you can buy, and the head barely even jiggles. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. So are you a season ticket holder? Yes. Yes, I'm a season ticket holder. I don't go to every single game, but me and my friend, we split up uh, our tickets, and then we go to as many games as we can. So That's awesome. And uh, you're always in right field right field seats, right? Right field box seats? Yeah, always. Section 105. That, section that, when I was a little kid, that was my absolute favorite section, and I would be like eight, nine years old. My dad would always buy that section, and I'd sit there and just watch the bleacher creatures. I was fascinated with them. They like guys getting kicked out and then sneaking back in. I just watched the chance, the like heckling, the ripping apart Red Sox fans. I'd go to games as a little kid, and I'd just watch the bleacher creatures. It was my favorite section. It still is to this day. So yeah, those guys, those guys are crazy. You know what's funny? Before, for a long time, they didn't even allow. Uh, like beer or anything like that in those sections and they're still rowdy so it was like these guys are crazy on another level but the guards kind of toning it down a little bit now so it's kind of more. they're no longer singing why are you gay they're not allowed to sing that anymore (laughs) (laughs) that was a staple (laughs) they don't even say you know what they don't even really say like box seats suck oh yeah the they they say box seats suck they don't even say that oh they're getting super soft soft yeah, it's crazy. They're all pretty crazy. My favorite part, because I was in the Bleacher Creatures, the game I went to last year. My favorite part is, like, the the Bleacher Creatures aren't the absolute crazies, like the people that show up for a day. There's people in there that know each other, and, like, there's this lady, like, knitting, but she knew thing about the She was barely watching the game by the reactions. She's like, oh, is that a Gardner double? <laughs> it's like, what? You're, what are you doing here? But that's, I mean, that's the Yankees. That's, that's just, like, part of their Sunday. The Bleacher Creatures all, had all the characters. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you go there, when you when you have a package, you kind of know who's there all the time. Like who's who's got a season ticket because they everybody recognizes you, recognizes you. Like uh, people, they know my kids and stuff like that. That that kind of uh, are in that section. They say what's up to them. So that's pretty cool. That's uh, I kind of like that about season tickets. So. And then, like, say the guy next to you sells his tickets to a terrible couple. Next game, you're like, hey, do not sell to those guys again. Yeah, we had those. <laughs> The worst thing that can ever happen when you go to a baseball game is if you sit next to a couple on a first date when the guy is trying to act like he knows everything and explain it to his girlfriend or said date. I get so furious when that happens to me. I went to an A's Yankee game because I'm out here and I had this guy explaining every player to his girlfriend and he said, and this is our right fielder, Bobby Abreu. And I was like, you son of a bitch. You don't know anything. So I'm going to be like, this guy is telling you nonsense. This is a bad date. You should leave. I didn't. But that's the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, I don't have a problem talking to anybody about, about baseball. Like, you know, we could all talk or whatever. But as soon as you open your mouth, if you don't know what you're talking about, it's like, all right, that's it, man. Come on. Let's let's tone it down a bit. Let's just let's just watch the game. Because it's... Yeah. If yeah. you start talking to me about, like, oh, Gardner should play shortstop or... <laughs> You know, well, you know, Twitter's kind of like that too. Twitter's insane, and well, we know how that. Oh yeah, is, so oh yeah. It's just like, 
Let's just hold it. I love way. like everyone hates bandwagon fans. I'm like, yo, the Yankees are about to be fun. That's what I told my little brother and all his friends. Like, get on it. This is about to be fun. I don't care if you just join now, but don't don't be a fan. Don't be paying attention for your first time and start talking. Like, ask questions. Be like, hey, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Because that, I don't mind bandwagon fans. I mind people that act like they know more than they do. The teams that don't have bandwagon fans are the teams that don't have anything going on. So just remember yeah, that. It's very true. Uh, it's fine. It's true. You want to you want to have that. I think you want you want to have that, but just exactly. Don't try to act like it's you know everything from top to bottom. If I go to a Knicks game, I'm not telling anyone anything. I'm asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> after after we say that, what a better time for us to give our insight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I mean, we're an, I'm not an expert. I'm a fan who has a lot of opinions, and that's how this exactly. All right, so so Absolutely. so that for everyone that didn't know of uh, Joe, Joe's a reaction guy. Got the YouTube channel. We'll shout out everything at the end. I know I see the hat too. I love those. But let's go into some questions. We had a good amount. You know, people were excited to talk to you. Have you having you on? And we I, every day. This is like the third week in a row with no moves, slow movement. So like let, I don't want to talk Garrett Cole. I don't want to talk the things we've been hammering. So some people sent some some good different questions. I have some. We get people that call in and leave voicemails, so I love showing those guys love because, uh, you know, they're part of the show. If you call up and leave a voicemail, you're part of the show. So this one's very simple, but I'll play the audio. Either Yankees or not Yankees, who was your favorite player growing up? All right, easy easy as that. Favorite player. You want to go first, Joe? He said Yankees or not Yankees? I mean, my, I would guess all our favorite players are Yankees, unless you got a relative in the league, but... Well, all right, so my favorite, my favorite players as a Yankee, of course... You know, core four, don't want to disrespect them. Bernie Williams, definitely uh, one of my favorite players. Absolutely. Um, I guess Robbie Robbie Cano, A-Rod, <laughs> when he came over and all of that stuff. But um, I guess if I had to name one player that, was, that wasn't on the Yankees that was my favorite, it was probably Ken Griffey Jr. I just didn't see anybody dominate a game. Like, well, Barry Bonds, but for 10 straight years, it was like Ken Griffey Jr. and all of these things and his swing and all of that. So... I used to love the kids, except when he used to kill the Yankees. The guy used to destroy them like he was Manny Ramirez. So, all right, Jake's is Bernie, right? Easy, everyone knows that. I kind of gave gave that away <laughs> in the past and today, wearing my Bernie jersey. Just so like suave on the baseball field. Before we get to you, Jimmy, because I kind of know your answers for both of these. Well, not really, but Joe, like I, I guess the question that was going through my head when I read this, because favorite player is favorite player, but like. When you're a little kid, you're growing up and you're on the Yankee field. Like I was in my head, I was center field for the Yankees. Like I was just when Bernie retired, I was just going to pick it up and go from there. Things didn't work out. It's OK. Uh, but where where were you on the Yankee diamond? Were, were you the shortstop? Were you the ace on the hill? What were you? Um, Mariano Rivera was to me like it like he was it to me. Like I felt like he was. You know, you hear Enter Sandman. I feel like there was nothing more intimidating in the stadium than Mariano Rivera jogging in, the last person to wear number 42. You know, it's just, it's surreal. It still gives me chills just, just seeing those things. And the, everybody in the crowd going nuts. You know it's game over. The other team knows it's game over. And that's, Mo was it. It's like, I'm closing the game. I'm here. And it's just regular business. Let me just shake your hand and it's over. And it's, oh, yeah, and we're done in about, what, seven, eight pitches. So, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's not like, you know, the is like an adventure sometimes or chat oh, yeah. sometimes. And uh, it was just 
absolute business. And you just have to respect that. That was great. Yep. My favorite is Derek Jeter. And I know that's the cookie cutter. I mean, everyone's going to have that answer, but everyone has that answer for a reason. I was seven years old in 96. And I think, so like as my little league career, career, as I started playing little league, my dad's coaching, everything is like, watch Jeter, do this like Jeter. I think like I tapped the plate just like Jeter, brought my bat up just like Jeter. Just, and then the way he handled the media, my dad's always like, do this, do this. Jeter, it's easy. It's everyone's answer. It's a lot of people's answer. Jim, I'm, I'm, oh, well, I'm in the know a little bit, but you were, you were an okay catcher for a little bit. I, you, you were a solid <laughs> 15 year old catcher. <laughs> Did, I mean, was that where you were on the Yankee field or in back of your head? Were you still playing shortstop? Mm, shortstop in my head, but I was, but I caught like in high school. I was good defensively. First time someone threw me a curveball, it's like, uh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that ball just moved. <laughs> How am I supposed to hit that? Technically. <laughs> All right. So we got Bobby from the Bronx. He uh, He's asking, top three games been too live? I can't even do that. I don't go to enough games to have – and I've never been to a great game. I went when they clinched in 2000. 11 against the Red Sox. Brian Bruni came in the pitch and he got a standing ovation and cried on the mound. That was cool. And then I went to game five against the Orioles in 2012, which was fun, but nothing great. I mean, nothing great. I, was, I was at that one too. I was at that one too. With CeCe on the mound, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was a fun one. So Joe, you go to a lot more games. What's your favorite game? Uh, I mean, I, I hate having recency bias, right? But I mean, this playoff run was amazing. I, I didn't have enough. Like, at the time, my, my funds weren't where they were supposed to be for 2009. Mm-hmm. I only went to, like, one game, and we lost a Cliff Lee game. But, I mean, game four against the Astros this year has to be awesome, especially the fact that I only got in the building for $35. Wow. Right? But um, coming back from 4-0, you know, against Ken, 100 miles, Giles, we're going to hit it nine miles. That guy, <laughs> it was it, it it was awesome when uh San, when Gary hit that uh that that double or whatever it is I don't even remember that day is a blur. Then after that is the the wild card game where everything felt like it was done and Didi hit that three run home run. I don't think I remember hearing that stadium any louder. And um, I just got the chills. Last one was way back, yeah, chills, bro. And the last one was way back. And I went to this game. Uh, it was A Rod's three home run, ten RBI game against the Angels against his son Bartolo Colon. <laughs> That game was I, – I never seen anybody do that in person ever, like just straight just dominate a game by himself like that. It was crazy. I'm like, you know, the whole, everybody in the stands, like every time he'll come up, it's like everybody got up. He had a grand slam, three-run homer. I think it, he had a, a two-run homer. Everybody was waiting for like him to hit the cycle in home runs, but, you know, he got a single up the middle. But, well, whatever. It was <laughs> it was crazy that day. That day was crazy. Jake, you got any games? Man, I, I, I joked, I've joked previously that like, cause I grew up in Connecticut. So like going to the stadium was a thing. It was like, all right, two hours to in, park, drive out. Like you're, it turns into like a 10 hour day real quick. And we used to go to like the Sunday day game. So dude, I can't tell you, I, I must've saw Jorge Posada play first base at the stadium more than anyone. Cause it was like starting to get to the later years of Jorge where they were like, okay, you know, he's, he's got some years on his knees. Maybe he could say, play some first. And then it was like, no, that's not happening. I, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say my coolest one where I wasn't even at the stadium. I was in New York for David Cohn's no perfect game. 
And I just remember the city itself was buzzing and it was, it was cool because it was pre-social media and like that stuff, but it was still like the city was more above or more abuzz than it would be with social media. Cause like, it was just like, you were in the city, you were watching the Yankees and then like, you know, it's on the TV at the bar, it's on the TV there and just natural word of mouth in the city. I just remember it was crazy. I remember because usually someone mentions it around like the fifth, sixth inning. And like, I remember it getting mentioned and I, I forget if we were just walking around the city or what we were doing, but I remember by the seventh inning, like from the fifth to the seventh inning, like this, the city was watching. Awesome. David Cohn just followed me on Twitter. So nice. yeah, thanks for letting me plug that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I remember, I think I remember that time too. And the thing is that everything was hearsay around that time too. So I was like, Hey, you think David Cohn's and everybody's kind of spreading that way and there's no text messaging. Yeah. Right. So it's like. Yeah, it's all whispers, and it, I think that creates a crazy buzz. So Back then, if you were the oh, guy people. that ran into the bar and were like, David Cohn's got a no-no going, you were so cool because you just broke the news to everyone. Now everyone yeah. just gets it there on their own. I did that once. Uh, Jeter's last season, I was in the gift shop, the, the fan shop across from Gate 8, and it was announced that Nunez was starting and not Jeter. And everyone's going to see Jeter one last time before he retires. And I was in that Medell's or whatever that is, and I was – I just announced, like, Jeter's not playing today to the whole store. And everyone was like, what? It was the bearer of bad news. It was a terrible thing. Everyone hated me. It's like, eh, blame Girardi. All right. Also from Bobby from the Bronx, we got John Sterling home run calls for Stanton, Torres, and Andujar. We'll do this really quick. Jake, did you think of anything? If you, Joe, I know you said it was hard. It's so hard. I thought of one for Torres that I said on the first Talking Yanks ever. And I thought of one for Andujar as I read this. Do you have any, Jake? Man, I think I I feel bad because I know we haven't talked about these. I just I thought of one for Andujar like five minutes ago, and I think I ha- have it. I think I have it. Like I think I know what he's going to say for Andujar. You want to go first or me go first? Because I think if I go first and it's better, you're just going to copy it. I think you guys have what I have, probably. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we should- got the same one. All right, should we all go on the count of three? <laughs> I don't think that makes a good podcast. Okay, I'll go. All right, go go, go, Jake. I'm the leadoff right. hitter. It is high. It is far. It is Andujar. Uh, uh, it's similar to mine, but mine's better because he doesn't do it that way. He's not gonna wow. mud. He's not gonna muddy up his actual call. Hmm. Okay, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> I said uh, Andujar hits one away afar. That's what I have. <laughs> Andujar, oh so far. <laughs> Yeah. We've all danced around it. No, I'll, no, okay, I won that round. No, you lost that round, Jake. And for Glaber, I I I said this on the very first episode of Talking Yanks. I think it was like Glaber glues one to the grandstand cuz what do you do with Glaber? I thought Glaber does the Yankees a favor. Ooh. Something like that. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's going to have to do one of the super long ones for Glaber. Yeah. Glaber. <laughs> Glaber. I mean, I, unless he gets a nickname or something. I, I don't know. When, you ha- when you're the only man in the world named Glaber, I think you don't need a nickname. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Like, yeah. And when, then, I, I don't know. Stan, I, my, I, my one I had for Stan when we first talked about was Stanton to the Hamptons. I, I don't that's know. That's horrible. Like half rhymes and half doesn't. Yeah. Maybe it brings back the GM, Giambino or like Giancarlo, Gian, whatever. I don't know. That's tough. Uh, Giancarlo hits one to tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Not bad. <laughs> I like that. Staten to Scranton? Ooh, there you go. It's going back to AAA. Maybe. Staten hitting them <laughs> to Scranton. Jake and I get into the habit 
we fell into this terrible habit on here of calling Glaber Glibber, and we kind of are stuck <laughs> in it. And we've we've had two requests where, can you stop calling him Glibber? Like, well, we'll try our hardest. Can't can't do the tipping. All right, um, Jacob Hertig asks who should start at third and second base to start the year. Jake and I have talked about this. What are your thoughts, Joe? Do you think they're going to get someone, or do you think it's Andujar, Torres, Torres, Wade? I think they should try to work something out with uh, Todd Frazier mm-hmm. because you know, it will be great, and then you could have people like Wade or even – and I don't care what anybody says. I do not think that uh, Glaber – not Glaber, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, is not – I don't think he's starting. Out of the gate, I don't think he is starting for the Yankees because it just doesn't make any sense for them to do it. We all know why because of the free agency and another year control. But I think somebody like Wade – Give him a chance. Give Torres a chance. Give, you know, to all battle it out. Or even um, Thyro Estrada. If you feel like he is that kind of guy, maybe. See if he impresses you in spring training. I, I, I think those three guys should probably do it. But if you don't if you don't get anything from, if you don't sign Todd Frazier, then, then you know, you're going to have to just throw Anduar into the fire and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what's going to happen because that's what it is. Yeah, I go back and forth. I think they have to sign someone. I don't think you can roll with two rookies at both those spots when you're trying to compete. It was like uh, when Cashman talked about getting Sale last year, and he's like, we're not one step away from the World Series. Well, right now we're definitely right. knocking on the World Series, so I think you got to cover all your bases. I'm not saying I don't believe that mm-hmm. any of those rookies can be good, but you can't solely rely on them. They signed Jace Peterson – uh, if people want us to talk about that, it's not worth talking about to me. I mean, he's going to compete for the job and probably not get it. Yeah, I, th- I think it was win-win with Jace Peterson because he's a guy, kind of a quadruple-A player, who right now the Yankees have somewhat positions open at second and third, which I think are his two strongest positions. So for him to sign right. a minor league contract, hey, yeah, if you want to fight for it, Jace, and you show us something, cool. <laughs> if not, no skin off our back. So. Yeah, why, why not? NT is going to get the chance to play in spring training at second and third, which some other teams he might not even see in a lot of time. So he right. gets to sell himself to other teams by playing in spring training for the Yankees. But I, re- yeah. I really don't see – like, Jace Peterson has been in the league for two and a half years. You kind of know what you have. I don't see them going with him over any of our four rookies who they've, like, spent a lot of time on. At all. Absolutely. He's like another he's like another Pete Cosma signing, if you really want to think about it. People forget about Pete Cosma was even on the damn team. But, yeah, he's like another Pete Cosma signing where it's like you, you put him in there. I think he's just fighting for a bench spot, if anything. If you're going to start Torres, you could probably throw him in the bench. Um, like if Torres wins that. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think you, you can't go into the season with too many kids either. Yeah. I don't think – you need some bats, bro. You do. It's like – they kind of keep things in line. That's why CC was so important to bring back. That big guy was so important to bring back. And, um, yeah, I mean, they got to figure it out with Todd Frazier because he could also back up first base in a pinch or something like that if the kid's mature enough. Yeah. All right, so speaking of Todd Frazier, we got a call. That's Todd Frazier-Machado combination. Here it is. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, just calling in. Big fan. Been listening to you guys all last season especially during playoffs. just wanted to talk about Frazier. I feel like from what I've seen on different news sites is that there's a probable deal, most likely. just wanted to talk about that. 
He's a great ball player. I feel like he's going to be a great influence. I honestly prefer him over Machado because Machado will just be a big star. I feel like there will be conflicts with Gary, and there's already a lot on Judge, Stanton, Gary, Didi. I feel like Frazier's a good seventh bat, you know, solid home run hitter, solid base hitter, solid defense. Definitely pumps up the team starting the playoffs. I feel like he'll be great. Just wanted to see if you guys can talk about Frazier a little bit. I'm excited. Hopefully we get to see him again next season and, you know, get that World Series. All right, so thanks for the call. Now, I half agree with that and half half don't, and I don't know why he's asking. Because I agree, I, I still really want Todd. I think it would be dumb decision for Todd to sign a short contract with us, like a pillow contract for one year or year and an option. I think that's not in Todd Frazier's best interest, but I really want that to happen. This guy's saying yeah. Todd over Machado. If he means Todd over trading for Machado for one year, 100% agree. If he means yes. Todd over Machado, like long haul, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's no on on his best day. I mean, Machado's a wizard at third. He is. It's like it's him, Arenado, defensively, him, Arenado, and I mean, they amaze me on a daily basis. Um, if of course I don't, I wouldn't want to trade for Machado right now. It just doesn't make any sense unless Cashman somehow, some way beats Peter Andrews over the head, you know, and just kind of brings him in for nothing, and you know, like he likes to do, but. I'm not choosing Todd Frazier over Machado. And I get his point and what he's saying, but the um I don't I think that you know having a superstar kind of guy there doesn't put you know it kind of takes more pressure off of everybody because now Giancarlo comes in, Stanton doesn't have to I I I'm Stanton. <laughs> um Giancarlo comes in and I feel like Judge, it'll make Judge better. Cause I think he was pressing also throughout that time when he was struggling. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of felt like he had to carry the team a little bit when everybody wasn't really pulling their weight. But everything is more distributed, um, you know, throughout the team. So I don't think there's going to be any conflict if you bring more people like that. So one thing I came into today and a lot of things that we've been talking about is, I mean, Glover Torres is the number one prospect in baseball. True. And right now we're just talking. We're, we're just talking about his position, like super casually, like, oh, well, maybe we'll throw him at second. Maybe we'll throw him at third. I don't know. Like, I was kind of reading some scouting reports today. He's 6'1". They said, you know, he's adding some mass to his lower body. Um, they said he's got the good hands, which you think translates to either second or third. They're saying his lower body, he'd more likely be able to handle third. If his bat's there, he's probably more valuable at second. But at the same time, you're talking about a rookie adjusting to a position, a guy who's played shortstop. So I that's somewhere where I get hesitant about Todd Frazier now. Like we know worst case scenario, Wade and Torres can pick a little bit at second base and do their thing. Glaber, I, I don't know. Do they see him as our third baseman? Do they see him as a second baseman? I think that's something that's kind of been ignored this year. As a third baseman, he's clearly going to be a part of the team this year. Then do you bring in Todd Frazier? Never mind the Machado stuff. So, and the other thing that I, I think I need to mention it because I, I tagged Joe's in it yesterday, but or maybe I didn't, maybe it was another thread, but it was someone saying, you know, they were saying, hey, would you do Machado, Machado for Glaver straight up? And every every post on the thread was like, LOL, no, no way. Why would you do that? And it's like, hey, you know, Machado is kind of on an all-time pace. <laughs> He's defensively and offensively. And, I mean, people are just ignoring the risk. Like, yes, scouting is advanced and things things are at a great place. 
But I mean, you know, Glaber Torres could be a 280, 15 homer, solid MLB player, and that is what it is. Like, Machado's a bona fide star. So I, I like the pressure off point. I also get scared of the super team because if Machado joins this team, I mean, the media is just going to be an absolute nightmare more than they already are. So I don't know. I, I think those are a couple points that I've just come across the past two days. I'm, I'm still team. We're Like you said, we're invested in a lot of these young guys. I, w- I would love to see a semi-versatile vet come in, whether it's a Brandon Phillips, someone like that. I know I hammered that name a little too hard for some people, but you need one more veteran stabilizing presence that if the young guys hit it and they're good sweet if not you kind of have an insurance plan who's going to give you at least solid baseball all right well first to touch on i think glaber was gonna come up as the third baseman last year if he didn't get hurt cashman already said that so they trust him enough at third base but his natural and his better position everyone says is second base but that's a good thing that he's he's good at both uh you said something else that i forget that i wanted to respond to, but I forget what you said. Oh, sure. Machado for Glaber is because it's one year of Machado. So no way in hell do you do that. Right. I was saying if you factor in the extension, like if that's, yeah, that would, that would preface that I would not trade for Machado at all. If an extension's not agreed upon. That's what someone said that we got a question. Like how much would you be willing? Let me find it. It's from Ray. He says, lastly, I know this is sort of a roster thing. But what would you honestly be willing to give up for one year of Machado? I know the sound of Machado in this lineup is deadly, blah, blah, blah. What would you – I wouldn't give up anything unless an extension was guaranteed. Uh, if it's just straight up just one year of Machado, don't need him. Don't want him. We'll get him next year. Yeah, I mean, for Machado, I mean, he's worth it. All right, let's not um, – and, of course, the super team thing is, you know, it kind of takes the fun allure from it, you know, and puts all this pressure on them to, to win. But, I mean – that's kind of like what we want, right? We want to win. Uh, but we have, I mean, for Machado, I give up, I'll be open to giving up a combination of players for, except for and um, uh, Florial. So if I'm not giving up Florial, I'm not giving up Glaber and possibly Justice Sheffield, maybe, because he's a lefty. But other than that, it's, you know, you know, I'm open to it. If you want to take Anduar, you want to you want to take Tyler Wade. You want to, you know, we can work things out. Um, Acevedo, you want to, you know, things like that. But I'm not giving you my top two, you know, for what? Like, look at what I gave up for for Sonny Gray, and that, you know, those guys. Of course, they were hurt. It's high upside, and everybody thinks that. But everybody thinks that the Yankees for sure won that trade. But we don't know that. I mean, what if they all pan out to be to being what we thought that they would be with the Yankees? Yeah. Then you're just thinking like, oh man, wow, maybe. But you want you want a trade to kind of hurt. But for one year of him, I'll I wouldn't give up those crown jewels. No way. Especially if you know if you think that you know that you're gonna get him as a free agent. Yeah, agree. I mean, there's some because I'm not a prospect hugger. I don't love prospects. So if they traded away some of the second level, I'd be like, all right. It still seems risky to give up just for one year of him. I would, I would, I would just wait it out. I mean, it's not like without Machado, we're upset with this team. Right now, the lineup we have without Machado, we're all ecstatic about. So it's not a need at all. I don't know. The the, the, the only thing I want to say about uh, Machado that's kind of gotten overlooked too, kind of what I mentioned about Gliber and kind of a reverse A Rod. There's people that's, I mean, he came up, he was supposed to be a shortstop, and he's still supposed to be a star shortstop. 
I'm wondering, you know, with teams being able or teams kind of pinching their pockets a little more in free agency, if Machado thinks and wants to be a team shortstop and do the things he's doing, I think a team will break the bank even more if, if he can really be that special and do that. And I, I think that's something that really hasn't been mentioned yet. So I, I don't know. I think that could be some interest in the city. Yeah. He hold out for a shortstop. That's the opposite of what A-Rod did. For all the shit A-Rod gets yeah. for back in the day, for being all about himself and all that, when he came to the AL East, he was going to go to Boston for a pay cut, and then he came to the Yankees and changed positions. Those, I mean, I don't think he's the most selfless person ever, obviously, but those get overlooked. That was like pretty, he was like, hey, I just want to be on a winning team. Pretty selfless move, and no one really, he still gets a lot of shit. Some of it's deservedly so. <laughs> Next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Aaron calling from Israel. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to John Boy's YouTube channel. That stuff is hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Keeps me busy during this boring all season. I want to talk about in the scenarios with uh, the DH. Well, obviously, opening day, the end will probably be DH with Judge and Wright, Sixth Center, and Gardner West. Well, obviously, when Judge needs a rest, they'll put him DH, Stan will be in right field. Now, let's say Gary needs a rest from being captured. And they don't want to obviously take him out of the lineup, so they'll put him DH. Now, if they're putting him DH, or same thing will be with Bird. Bird needs a rest, they'll keep him DH. So do you put Judge in left field and, and put Stan in right, and then now center field? Do you move Gardner from left to center, or do you take Gardner out and keep Hicks in there? Going crazy from this, and all I have to say is good luck, Aaron. All right, guys, thanks. Love the podcast. All right, could you guys hear that? That was Aaron from Israel. Fan all the way in Israel. All right, so he, Aaron's asking about the outfield rotation, which is kind of wild. It's a pretty unique situation because – all right, and I'm going to play audio that I dug up just to clarify because this is Boone talking about the outfield rotation, which I think sheds some light on how it's actually going to go. You know, we still plan on on occasion using Gary Sanchez in the DH spot to give him kind of a quasi-day off to get him off his legs. But it's certainly something we'll rotate between Aaron – Giancarlo, tough lefty on the mound. Maybe you move one of them over to left field. Who makes the most sense to move? I'm not sure. So the way Boone says that there is we're going to rotate Giancarlo, Gary, and Judge in the DH. And Giancarlo and Judge will split right field. Then he says maybe a tough lefty on the mound. One of them moves to left, which got to make you think. Guardy gets the Guardy sitting, which got it, which then leads to Hicks as the everyday center fielder, no matter what, which leads to another question we got. What are we expecting out of Hicks? So I don't know. Whatever, Joe. Whatever you want to say about outfield rotation, Hicks, you take 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 whatever you want. Well, all right. So see the thing, a big thing with the rotation that I was thinking about was Hicks is the wild card here, man. Because if he is playing like how, all right, there's a. I mean, you could kind of break up Hicks' season into different kind of things. Of course, there's injuries, but he was, for a long time, when he was playing really well, people were like, oh, this is the best outfield in baseball. Hicks has a crazy defender, and he can get on base, and he can be able to hit. And then when he fell off, people kind of kind of, kind of, of poo-pooed that, right? Like, they were just like, oh, nah, that's, you know, that's not what we're doing there. And then there's Ellsbury's hot now, and, you know, God knows what's happening with Ellsbury, right? So... <laughs> Nobody really knows what's happening with this guy. So then we have um, with Judge. I mean, I think when he's talking about tough lefty, what team is the team that has the most lefties in the AL East? It's the Red Sox, which for some reason they loaded up on a bunch of lefties, knowing that you know righties usually in their ballpark play better. But I mean, I mean it's Chris Sale, right? But 
if you're talking about left field in Fenway Park, it's a lot easier than left field in Yankee Stadium, right? So I think you could transition Stanton eventually maybe to left field because I think that they have a lot of advertising invested into right field for Judge, right? Yeah. We know what kind of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that maybe they'll, they'll transition him over to left field a little bit because left field in Yankee Stadium is like right field at Fenway Park. It's no joke. And that's why, even though I hate Mookie Betts, you got to respect him. He he does not let balls drop out there. And I think uh, Gardy doesn't either in left field. But I think if it's Fenway Park and you're going against Chris Sale, you want to load up on righties, then put him in left field. Sure, why not? You know, get him to play against the monster. Yeah. Jake, who do you who do you lean in, in left field when Gardy sits, which is how Boone arranged this in his, th- in his words? Right. I, I mean, my early thought, my early thought was Judge. Because I, I think Judge can cover a little more ground than Giancarlo. He's got those long strides. Uh, I like the marketing aspect of it. I didn't really think about that. The other thing to think of is Judge is younger than Giancarlo. And as of now, I, you know, those we're going to trade Giancarlo after this year. He's a one-year rental, then we'll sign Machado. Maybe that's true. Not going to speculate on that at all. But here's the thing. I mean, Giancarlo is under this massive contract. And one of the things we have to consider is, you know, he's had some injuries before. I think him being older, having some injuries and already having that contract and going to be on our books for a long time, I think he's going to end up in the DH spot the most. I agree, I agree with that. I, I think the the left field yep. thing is going to be interesting. You're going to see them tease, tease with it a little bit early in the year. The other thing to look at is that it's going to be a growing process in the way of I think they want to have it. You know, it's not going to be our best defensive outfield. It is what it is. But you want to have it serviceable by the playoffs. Because the other thing to think is, you know, what what if we have to play four games at an NL stadium? You know? Yeah. Then mm. we, we lose the DH. And I know <laughs> you you can't spend the, the 180 games <laughs> regular season and postseason just preparing for four <laughs> base World Series games that you're hoping to get to. But it's a serious thing. I mean, if, if we were to get to the postseason and then it's only the sixth time we've gone with a Stanton Judge outfield and one of them makes an error, I mean, Booney would be destroyed. So you're you're going to see it a little bit. The thing I mentioned to you, Jim, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch on Hicks briefly. I, I think it is interesting. He's He's gone overlooked because when he's right, it's – <laughs> he's like a five-tool player. <laughs> he's got the arm. He's got the de- the defense. He's got power. He's got on base. But you're right. If he slumps a little bit, you know, Aaron Hicks doesn't have the name or the contract. That's a lot of guys in the outfield. So that'll be something to watch. I, I, you have to root for Hicksy and roll him out there because he did so good, and hopefully he earns it again. Bernie 2.0. How about that? But the other thing, and Jim, I'll, I'll tease you into this, and then you could circle around into the outfield. I mean, we had the first, and the media is going to snag it at some point, but these are two giants, and we it got mentioned with Judge's knees last year. Do we see a one a first base demo at one point, whether it's Stanton or Judge or something like that? I don't know. Yep, that's our next question. It's a voicemail, a uh, really quick voicemail. just says, when you move Stanton to first base. Joe, what do you think? You think one of these big guys – becomes our backup first baseman and then maybe first baseman um maybe i mean i kind of i know people were talking about it last year with judge oh let's put him at first or because we have the out you know the outfield and we got the first base problems 
I just feel like it's, I don't know why, I feel like it's wasted athleticism. Like these guys, yeah, they're big and they got these, you know, you, they usually have knee problems, but they have cannons for arms, both of them. They really do. And, you you know, that's an asset in the outfield. But for first base is people, a lot of people, I feel like they act like first base. You can just throw anybody there. That is, and I feel like Mark Teixeira really made me appreciate first base because he saved so many errors, especially toward the, you know, the, the end of Jeter's career. He scooped up. He's a vacuum over there. That guy could still play first base right now. Can he be the backup first base? <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, you, you just think like that position saves so many, so many errors from your infield and just, you know, what you're doing. I don't know if you want to do that, especially Stanton. I think he had some leg problems too. So hamstrings and stretching at first base, you know. Let's just hope Bird Bird really takes that spot and doesn't have, you know, he's nice and healthy. I'm really rooting for Bird this year. Like, Bird, I'm, I'm really – Me too. And we got a question about Bird from Ray, our Yankees fan in Boston, Ray. is. He says, uh, in the ALCS, I saw that every time Bird went up to bat, the Astros played a strong left pull layout defensively. Do you think we will see a drop in his batting average because teams will likely catch on to this? Pull hitting is not new, but Bird's ability to go the other way is nearly non-existent. I know we didn't get a great sample of his capabilities after a six and sixty start, blah blah blah, uh, but clearly he isn't a one hundred hitter. So, do you think there, Bird is a pull only hitter? I was watching footage from his first couple games because I was digging up just old clips, and all the scouting reports then where he hits it all over the place. But we haven't seen that. We've seen, and are we upset if he doesn't try to hit it all over? Because the dude has a perfect swing for Yankee Stadium. What are your thoughts? I don't know if it's a sad boy theory or pessimist or whatever it is, but. I, I keep saying it, it's broken record a little bit, but somebody's got to make the outs. And oh, at a certain point, I, <laughs> not saying your boy Greg Bird's making all of them. At the, <laughs> at the end of the year, Greg Bird's not going to be defined by his average. The first number people are going to mention with Greg Bird are his homers. I agree. I think, because it's solid OP, OBP, he, he showed that in the playoffs, man. There were a couple of bats that I was really... I was like, man, if I was in Greg Bird's shoes finally getting back and I was in these playoff at-bats, I would I'd be trying to, you know, be a Stanton and hit it to the Hamptons or something like that. But he uh, he showed he's got a good eye. He, he's We want him to be a lefty stabilizing bat. And, yeah, I, I think the shift is what it is. You know, Todd Frazier came over and was a 210 hitter when earlier in his career he was a 250, 270 type guy. But the shift goes into that, and then it turns into a whole mental thing, which hitting is either way. So I, I think you just tell him swing away at this point. Greg Bird's supposed to be a power bat. Don't don't worry about where the fielders are. <laughs> Find, see the ball, hit the ball. And, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Jim, we, we kind of missed you on first base, outfield, and now Greg Bird's up. Give, give the people what they want. Oh, uh, first base, I think Stan, if, if he, the opt-out changes, say Stan didn't have that opt-out and he was here for 10 years, like A-Rod, like Stan was here. I could see them dabbling like, Hey, we, we want you at first. We uh, eventually you're going to have to, you know, platoon with bird, be a little more versatile DH and backup first baseman. I don't think there's a need for that. Like right now, I don't think it's urgent that. I don't think in the next two, three years, Judge or Stanton need to be need to learn first to back up. I think that I, I'm a big proponent of don't ref Snyder people. Don't make them learn new positions while they're trying to be hitters. I think Stanton would – I don't know who would go to left either. I mean, I, that really – I just have no idea. Either of them – I think it is in, interesting 
Aaron was like, so is Gardy going to sit and Hicks is the everyday center fielder? Because would you rather Gardy go take over Hicks and center for a little bit? But Hicks is a switch hitter. So being a switch hitter provides you so much depth and playing time in the MLB, even if you could be like Chase Headley, who was absolutely garbage from the left side last year, but he can do it. So he gets more starts. That's always weird to me. Like maybe Gardner lefty is better than Hicks righty. But we'll see. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think Hicks Ellsbury both have injury histories themselves. So I, I think at least earlier in the year until things sort themselves out a little more, whether it's play or injury, I think Booney can play the, yeah, we, we want to keep guys rested throughout the season card pretty early without too much controversy. Yeah. All right. The next thing we have is fun. It's um, Dan gave us four over-unders. All right. I have some stats if you guys want some references. The first one is in the most – it's incredibly easy. It's a bad job by Dan on the first one. The next three are good. The first one is over-under 10 starts for Chad Green. What do you got, Joe? Is Chad Green going to make 10 or more starts next year? Under. I'm going under for that. That's for sure. Okay, I'll make that one more interesting. Over under two starts. I think that's a little more difficult. And and me personally, hammering the under. Maybe he makes one start like he did last year. I mean, geez, in a pinch? Um, Under. I just think Sessa is pegged for that role. Like, that's his role right there, like that extra starter that we have as a like a depth starter that we could just bring him in. Sessa, um, I'm thinking about who else would be down there that would be pegged. You know, you might see you you might actually see Adams and then uh and then Justice Sheffield probably cameo this year later on. Later on. It, because they're not on the 40 yeah. man yet. So it's gonna be Sessa. Oh, right, right, right. It's gonna be Sessa or uh Herman, Domingo Herman, and people are going to be, I keep telling this on the show, people are going to be pissed when it's not Chance Adams or Sheffield to make the first single game spot start because they're not in the 40 man. Jake, what do you right. got? What do you got for Chad Green over under two starts? And I, I, I think those guys will end up on the 40 man sooner or later, too. I but agree. Yeah. Sooner, that's a hot take for me. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say under. I, I think if you're the Yankees, you're sell to Chad Green this year because we were we thought about it from the a competitive athlete perspective, and that was, you know, what if Chad Green in his head is saying, "Hey, yeah, I dominated out of the pullman, but I'm also a great starter." Like in Chad Green's head, he could be a 33 starts, 2.5 ERA guy, but right now he's not getting that opportunity. I think if you're the Yankees, you come into this year and say, "Chad, we love you." Throughout the year. Sh- maybe work on some other pitches a little bit. I wouldn't, you know, man. show, I, but you just, you, you have to think how you sell this to Chad Green. If he actually, he thinks he's a legitimate starter, which he has to, because that's how he climbed the ranks. You say, Chad, you were amazing in your role last year. We're trying to win the title. We want you in that role again this year. We know you have starter ambitions. You know, we want to keep you stretched out just in case, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to work on building your repertoire a little bit, we think that would help you be more successful as a starter potentially next year. But I think this year you just kind of have to bury in his head. We we love you and you're going to get your chance, but this year we need you as that rock in the bullpen. They're going to Adam Warren him. That's what's going to happen. They're going to Adam Warren him. Uh, they're going to tell him every year, oh, yeah, come in as a starter. 
They were doing the same with Mitchell, which I think, not for nothing, but I think he's going to do really good in, in San Diego because he's going to get a chance to start. So you might see something out of him this year. And then, of course, you're going to hear everybody, every Yankee fan, why would you trade him? What are you crazy? And uh, blah, blah. anyway, but you're going to have, they're going to add him more him because he was too good at what he did. Yeah. He was too good. Unless he ends up really showing that he has like a third finish pitch, like to really put them away. Like, the Yankees were really adamant about Severino being a starter no matter what happened. It just, like, that same kind of conversation doesn't feel like it's there with Chad Green. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I think the way Chad Green plays out is, hey, go into spring training as a starter, work on your changeup, throw it a lot in spring training. And that's what they tell Chad. And what Brian tells the staff and crew is like hey we're gonna have him start we're gonna have him start in spring training to keep him stretched out then he's gonna go to his two inning three inning role during the season and i think that is the perfect plan all right next next over under now these ones are a little better but 10 starts for chad green hammer the under put my life savings on it okay next one 175 innings for sunny gray now i'll give you some background last year sunny gray threw 162 Year before that, 117, got injured. Last year, a little bit of injury. 2015, 208 innings. 2014, 219. Take also into account we have power bullpen, so we don't need him to go eight innings every game. 175 innings for Sonny Gray. Joe, you want to go first? What do you think? Less, more? I'm going to go I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over on that because I think they're going to speed up his delivery. And I think he's actually going to start pitching faster. That's what I think. I think he pitches too slow, and it ends up I – f- I feel like it ends up eating time, and then that ends up eating innings, and then like five – like 150 pitches, what it feels like, and like four – it's like watching paint dry sometimes. But I think he's going to – he's gonna. they're going to get him because I think uh, MLB is supposed to be putting a pitch clock, right? Are they doing that? Did they approve that? They tested it in the minors, and there was that game where I was watching because Justice Sheffield was pitching in whatever league that is, mm-hmm. and it was garbage. Got called on Justice Sheffield twice. They had it at 13 seconds, and it didn't feel long, didn't feel bad. It, it like it wasn't Sonny Gray level at all. So I that's a really tricky thing because if, if a ball a ball changes a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think he's going to pitch faster. Well, we're going to see him go over 175, I think. All right. I love that they're going to try and make him pitch faster because it's like Jake and I always say, the fielder's probably just like, yo, Sonny, we are bored, man. It's fucking boring. <laughs> I'm, I'm going under. I, I think Sonny's going to have a, a great year. I, I think it's kind of funny where Yankee Nation is right now. I think they really underestimate what Sonny Gray is. Like they, they casually mention him as our four starter, a guy that's been an ace in the major leagues for a little bit now. I I just think he does have a little injury history. And I, I think, like you mentioned, the bullpen will be a factor in that where, you know, previously he'd probably get an extra inning or two in Oakland. They don't need that right now. And I, I think – Again, it's going to ideally, <laughs> in an ideal world, this season is aiming towards a playoff run, a World Series run. And I just think, you know, hopefully in September, we don't have to be burning Sonny Gray for eight inning starts. That it's, you know, five innings, keep them fresh. They start doing kind of that six man we saw at the end of last year to keep everyone's arms fresh. So I'll, I'll say under on that. And maybe, you know, again, if he gets nicked up at some point, 
hopefully this season isn't a season that you have to rush him back. It's like, okay, you know, if you, if you've got a a three week injury, take four, get healthy and we'll see you. I agree. I agree 100% with you. What you just said, Jake, that was all my thoughts under take that Joe. (laughs) 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 Just add Garrett Cole and it won't matter. Just add Garrett Cole. There you go. Un- no, let me not even start that conversation. Nope, no Garrett Cole talk on th- on this week. Uh, <laughs> under, but not in a bad way. Under still pitches majority of the season does well, but for safety reasons and just w- under. All right, next one. Thirty five walks for Batansis. Now, last year Batansis had forty four walks. Two thousand sixteen, twenty eight. 2015, 40, 2014, 24. So that's a good number by Dan, 35. I'll go first this time. Hammer the over because he's going to have a two-week mental breakdown. And let's just like schedule that. Schedule the Batances breakdown. And then hopefully everything else around that is the all-star we we also know. I mean, I, I hope he makes the change. I mean, because when Dellen is going, he is going. He is Filthy. I mean, that guy, I just feel like he, I understand Larry hammers home with everybody. You, you know, pitch off your off speed first, but I feel like sometimes he falls in love with that curveball too much. He forgets he has that 99 in his pocket, but you know, maybe using it a little bit more. And then I I have to, I have to go under with this because if it's over, it's a problem. Yeah. I have to go under with this. I have to, I really. Another good point for the under is we have five, guys out of the bullpen. So Dylan, if you don't have it, you're not going to see a lot of important shit. It's not like last year when it was Clippard and Warren behind him. And it was like, well, we got to work through this pitcher. You're not going to be used this year. Jake under over 35 walks. I'm going to say over. (laughs) I think that's the safe bet. Unfortunately, I, man, I'm still not sure. And I not, not to give my, you know, Skip Bayless first take thing. I I still don't know if he breaks camp with the Yankees this year. I just think trade. You mean if, if trade. you're if you're another team, yeah, with with yeah, not not like cut. I, okay. He's still a valuable dude. I'm I'm thinking he could get traded because he's just so valuable in this world of MLB baseball where you have to have you know eight power guys coming out of your bullpen. I mean, this guy could be a closer and. I again, we we said we won't dive into Pittsburgh rumors, but like how many kind of not washed up guys, but washed up guys have gone to <laughs> gone to Pittsburgh <laughs> and had an all star closer season. So not I'm not not saying he who shall not be named as the Pittsburgh starter, but like if if you're a team and you look at Dylan Batances as like a high risk medium reward guy who could be the best closer on a team, like when he's right, he's incredible. So I, I just don't know. I, I haven't even really wrapped my head around Dellen in the Yankees bullpen yet because right now he's what? If you put Dellen in, if it's the eighth inning and you're down by three runs, like that's for a guy that's been an all-star the past four years. No, nah, he's going to – Like I know you don't, even, you, don't, you don't even like using him in that spot because you say we're still in the game. Don't risk it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's going to – he should be our eighth inning guy. Like that should be the plan. It's up to him. Yeah, to you think so? Yeah. Joe, you think he's going to be, should be the eighth inning guy if he's back to form? I mean, I think he's, he's kind of got to prove it. He's probably because of the way that the season ended last season, but that is the ideal situation. I want him as the eighth inning guy because 
then you could do more with Kingley. You can do more with, you know, your other relievers in the pen um, where you can really shorten the game. But Tansis really has to get it together. Like, seriously, like, I cannot be at a game or watching a game on TV and seeing walk, walk. Like, the game, the the epitome of the game that I keep thinking about is that game where he was, um, it was against the Orioles, and then Machado walked off, and it was just like, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah, like what's going on? Why why did he even get to this situation right now? He walked, and it's just it's. It, he walked like yes, JJ Hardy the, to get to Machado walk. or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I don't even. I, I don't know. Maybe Joe, maybe Joe Girardi also kind of blew that game too. But <laughs> it was it was. I just think that maybe, you know, I don't know if it's me- it's probably mental. A lot of it, I think, with him is probably mental. He's thinking too much about mechanics. Also on the uh, you know when he's up there on the rubber because. You can't look – people are not – it's not like they're hitting him all over the park. It's not like it's rockets all over the park. You know, no, it's, it's just, he's just walking people. And then, it's exactly what Bryce Harper said during the All-Star game last year when Batances walked Bryce Harper. And oh, yeah. He, I could just walk up there and just take a walk. It's like – Bryce Harper was mic'd. That hey. was devastating. Bryce Harper mic'd at the All-Star game talking to the first base coach, and, he, and you can hear him say, with this guy, you just got to look for your walks. Don't even swing. It's like, fuck, Batances, they all know about you. Bad scouting report. Yeah. All right, next over-under. This one's an interesting one. 200 at-bats for Andujar. I'll lead off again. I'm going under because I think Andujar next year is going to be similar to what Clint did last year where he gets a good shot but not the whole time. And last year, Clint had uh, – he landed at 134 at-bats in four, four, 39 games. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you think Andujar comes up and wins a spot? It's basically what this question is. 200 at-bats for Andujar. Joe, what do you got? I'll go under two because I don't think offense is the problem on the team. But I think that he's um, – I I have to see how he looks in spring training defensively because I think that's the only question with him because I think everybody thinks that his bat is major league ready. It's just his defense. And if his defense can keep him up here – then, yeah, maybe they, they could be able to do it. But I don't think that it's a pr- like offense is a priority. So I'm going under with that one, too. Jakey? Yeah, the, the under is a safe bet here. I mean, how many – do you know how many at-bats Clint Frazier had last year? I just said it. 134. 134? Okay. Sorry, I, I try not to listen to you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think the Clint Frazier is a good comparison. It's – it just – you're right. It seems like too many guys, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, Wade, Torres, Torres. We still think there's a veteran of some sort to be named later. So I, I really like that comparison to Clint. That that would be good for him. I mean, it's, as both you guys probably saw on Twitter mania, I mean, and Andujar is one of the best players in the league already after after that one day. So His nickname should be, his nickname should be Call Up. There's, call there's Up, up Andujar. Uh, all right, one last question. What's up, guys? Calling from Orlando, Florida, where it is a freezing 35 degrees here. I don't know if it's possible because you all three live in different places, but it would be awesome like to see a live stream if you guys watching a game together or something. You know, just your takes on how the games go and knock back a couple of duels, delicious beers, and just see how things go. That would be fun to watch. Uh, let's go, Yanks. All right, so Orlando, what was his name? But good question. And this kind of just segments into 2018 for you, Joe, uh, and us talking Yanks plans. But 
stream a game together. That sounds if if we can get the technology down an away game so you don't have to miss going to the stadium. I'm down. Yes. Uh, go to a game together. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I would. I would love that, man. I would love nothing more than to do that. I would wonder how we would do it. I mean, maybe we could do it on here. But if we have, what I'm thinking is, because every year I always plan some sort of like trip somewhere to watch an away game. So I was thinking about going, you know, to the West Coast. I don't know, maybe. Hey, you're going to come come to the Coliseum and see this dump before they tear it down. Oh, really? Yeah, the Coliseum, right? You got to see all that foul territory. I'm dying to see it. Oh, it's so bad. It's so but bad. I have, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that and i mean yeah it, we could definitely work work that out where we just be like oh you know we're gonna watch this game or we'll do the stream where maybe other people are also interacting with us while they're talking to us whether it's on periscope or something like that that'll be cool that'll be awesome i just don't know how we would get everybody on the same screen in periscope or yeah we'll figure some out some other kind of we'll figure it out because oh, oh facebook facebook live or something like that or yeah okay. You'll figure it out. I think it sounds fun. Talking Yanks, we have kind of big plans for 2018. I started as a hobby last year, and uh, we're kind of going to run with it. Uh, I got announcements coming later on about that. But, yeah, so I think we'll get some – we'll look into the tech, try to figure that out. Also, I'm going to be in – I'm going to be in the East Coast a lot long. Usually it's only a week. This summer I'm going to be there for a lot longer. So I'll be going to a couple Yankee games, so we'll try and figure out watching games together in person too. Nice, definitely. Let me know, man. Let me know. And Jake, you're not you're left out. Sorry, bud. Yeah, man, you guys are the celebs. I'm I'm Ryan Rocco. Like, if you guys need a body, okay, okay. Don't knock Bye. don't knock Rocco. I'll knock him. I like him. <laughs> so, all right, that's about it. You got anything going on, Joe? I know you got a uh, you got the YouTube channel. Everyone go there. Joe's Joe's McFly. I always pronounce it Joe Z McFly, but it's Joe's McFly. Yes, yes. Um, I have my YouTube channel, Joe's McFly. You know, you can always catch me on Twitter too, at Joe's McFly. Um, I need, I'm going to be putting out more videos. Just, I'm trying to get some better equipment right now because it's, well, you probably know it's just equipment is part of it. Like right now it's like a little rinky dink situation (laughs) right now, the way that I have it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely start pumping out a lot more videos. Hopefully there's some news to talk about with this team. So there, you know, we can be able to do something, but we'll go from there. All right. And uh, you got the hats too; those still on sale. You sell out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I have these. Um, I have a website. It's called uh, www.pinstripestrong.com, and you can order it from there, or you can just hit me up. Just hit me up on Twitter, and I'll see what I could do. I usually like people that live in the New York area. I'll deliver it to them, like hand deliver it to them. That's awesome. And I'll go. Yeah, I'll do that. Cool. All right, we got anything else? That's uh, it. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for everyone for listening. Rate, subscribe, review. The reviews are awesome. Uh, they help more than you think. If you have, if you've been listening for a while and you haven't reviewed yet, today's the day. You know, just go leave us a review. If this is your first time listening, don't review us yet. It's too early. You know, let it, get a couple episodes and see if you really like us first. Uh, Jake, you got any parting words? Not really, man. Uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. I, I should mention the talking Nick stuff. The the season's gotten a little a little sadder <laughs> as it goes. That's as as is tradition with the Knicks tape. But yeah, I'm I'm Team Yankee News. We uh, how, what are we like fifty some days out from spring training, something like that. Something like that. So I don't know. We we need that final, even if it's lame, whether it's Brandon Phillips or a, a quadruple A arm to to throw some in the rotation. Give give me some cash. Plain circling. Give me something more exciting than Jace Peterson. (laughs) Yes.
<laughs> Absolutely. Maybe a no trade clause being waived yeah. by somebody. Yeah, that'd maybe. be nice. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think he will, but I, I would be nice. All right, that's all for us. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Joe, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com Yanks.